I'm Lyman, and I'm here with my good friend Miles. It's Miles today. Yes. And together we are presenting to you the Jazz and Grass and Other Stuff to Podcast. Yay! Woo-hoo! Um, commercial time, we'll get this over really fast. www.limelipke.com www.lessonswithmarcel.com uh, Instagram, at Jazz and Grass, Daily Lick, Monday through Saturday, podcast, this podcast released on Sundays. Unless I uh, forget, then it gets released on Monday. Uh, yeah, that was a commercial. <laughs> There's a benchmark now. I have something to beat. Like I gotta try to beat nice. that time. Yeah. Beat that. Um, so how are you today, Miles? Oh, I'm excellent. Anytime I'm on the Jazz and Grass podcast, I'm always having a good time. Well, that's good to hear. I'm I'm doing pretty good as well. Um, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about how I had to deliver some CDs uh, <laughs> at a country club today. Um, before that, oh yeah, I got to plug my other thing. I have a, a new uh, podcast. Uh, it's weekdays uh, in the morning for me. And uh, it's called Morning Juice and Jam, where I drink something, play something, and then talk about what it's like to be a low-level musician like me and, like, how, uh, how like, what my day-to-day looks like. What things are good, what things suck. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. You can find that on uh, podcast places real soon, but it's also on my Facebook page. Uh, Lyman Lipke Musician. So, if you do the Facebook thing. But, today... I had to deliver some CDs to my bandmate at a country club. But before that, I want to talk about the process of creating this record. Um, I had exactly 25 days to uh, do this record from start to finish. We had songs. So we did a little bit of preparation. Uh, My friend Cheyenne, uh, my bandmate, our band is called One Eye High, uh, she picked the three songs, and then on August 10th, we laid down her vocals and her guitar. And then I got those tracks, and then I put bass, other guitar, and some percussive things over over it. Um, and, and we ended up getting the whole record mixed and mastered uh, very unprofessionally by me. In, in 10 days, start to finish, from starting to recording to mastering, 10 days, which left me uh, these last nine days to get the record printed. And uh, well, the other stipulations was because this was on such short notice, I didn't want to drop any cash, like hardly any. So I went to Walmart and I bought a spool of CDs, like just blank CDs. And... Um, that's what I spent my day yesterday doing. I burned mm. 49 copies of this little EP. Well, actually, I burned 50 copies, but naturally I messed one up because uh, I, I'm me. I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, I had to deliver the records to her for packaging, and I don't know if she's going to Sharpie on them or put labels on them or, or what have you. Um, and then we're going paper sleeves so like this whole record is gonna be uh from the day i figured out about it to release mixed mastered and packaged uh 26 days and under 30 dollars for a three track ep and that's nuts that is such little time and money like that is insanity (laughs) (laughs) Uh. <laughs> I, I could have said, there's no way I can't do that. That's, that's dumb. Like 25 days. What, what am I a hamburger? Why are you grilling me dog? <laughs> but that's not what I said. I said, okay, let's see what we can do. And, uh, naturally I allowed myself to like fail. Like there, there was a very real possibility that this thing didn't get done. Um, and as soon as I get the go ahead to, uh, to uh, share some tracks. I'll play one on the podcast. So there's that. 
So I finished burning the CDs and I had to uh, deliver them to a country club uh, where she was working. She said, I work at Name of City Country Club. I'm like, okay, I work right by there. I'll just swing by afterwards and drop them off. And so I, I, I walked to this, this country club and uh, I'm just looking around. I see a bunch of elderly uh, white gentlemen that probably had good amounts of money uh, wearing their golf clothes, getting ready to play golf. And I'm just sticking out like a sore thumb. Uh, I'm just trying not to, you know, get stopped and get kicked out for, I don't know, being not white. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like they could kick me out for something. But, yeah. <laughs> um. So I, she said she worked at this snack shack. And so I find a snack bar. I'm like, okay, cool. This must be, must be where she works. And I saw um, a middle-aged lady, not my friend Cheyenne. And I, I walk up to her and I'm like, excuse me, uh, does Cheyenne work here? And she said, I don't know a, a, a Cheyenne. She's, and she said, this is blah, 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 name of city, country club. Uh, there, but there's another one down the road, like a mile and a half. Maybe she's at that one. Uh, <laughs> I just couldn't believe it. I didn't, like, I figured, you know, I was in the area. There was only one country club. No, there were two. The one I went to was blah, 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 name of city, Lakes Country Club. And I needed to go blah, to blah, 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 name of city, country club. And so I, I found uh, the other one. I just drove around for a little while and ended up finding it. Uh and then I, I, I snuck around, looked for this snack shack place. Uh, looked, I, I ran into a nice young woman who was working there, and I asked her, uh, is, is there a snack shack around here? Where's the snack shack? And uh, unfortunately, she told me, this is my first day working here. I don't know, what any, I don't know anything. So I, I walked down towards the golf course, and uh, I found... I found Cheyenne and I handed her the spool of 49 CDs. So that's, that's what I did today. I felt extremely awkward. <laughs> but who honestly thinks there's going to be two country clubs within? Uh, I just, <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed uh, if there's not two country clubs every time I go to a country club. Yeah, it's like now I wanna, I'm going to ask like, oh, is there another one with almost the same name two miles from here? <laughs> Because that makes sense. Oh, wait. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I have no idea if they're affiliated or not. Like, I, I don't know anything about this. I'm a working musician and teacher. Obviously, I don't have any money. So. <laughs> oh, man. Do you have any sort of experiences like that? Oh, man. Uh, maybe not like that. But I have had a, a funny country club experience recently <laughs> that um, also springboarded off the last country club experience, which is um, every time I have to say um, country clubs have always been an interesting experience. Every time I've ever done a gig there, anything related to them, it's always different, very different. And um, the last two times we've played this country club, uh, um, it was just really funny because, um, you know, they have everything set up. This is what I... Um, gathered anyway from being there is everything set up for what they like you know and they just want to hang out they want to eat their food they want to drink and just be with their friends whatever and so that's really what they're concerned about so everything there is very geared towards that end and um i remember the first time i swear the first time i went there i couldn't even find water it was so hard to find water these people they just they were they just wanted the booze they didn't care about water this like we're here to party man did they have canned water I don't know. I don't remember. Oh, man. You got to check the cans because one time I played a country club gig and I couldn't find the water, but they had water in cans. Not even well, see, the bubbly maybe, kind. I should have been checking the cans. You're probably <laughs> right. And maybe I should have been checking the cans. I was. I didn't even know. See, I'm so poor. I don't even know what they hold the water in. Um, but <laughs> anyway, the thing I think is funny is they, they have enough money to do all these things. But then we play these gigs here twice. And I assume it's the same for any band. And we played till... Um, I believe it might have even been like 11. It was late enough. It was definitely dark for a while. And there are no lights. No lights. Like, when I mean no lights, you think like, now there's some lights. I mean, like, we are not visible. The band is not visible. The only thing that's visible is where you get the drinks. It's the (laughs) only thing you can see. So 
I just that just blew my mind every time. And also, the it just it was interesting. And the other thing was more than any other place I've ever played country clubs. People request songs every time you stop a song. Someone's gonna request a song. Yeah, it might. It probably isn't even in the genre that you play. They're just gonna request it. It's probably Mustang Stally will be one of them. I guarantee it. <laughs> I guarantee that. You think, oh, you think Freebird? No, that didn't even happen that much. Mustang Sally. Mustang Sally. Oh, yeah. Freebird's <laughs> just a meme. Like, it's just a meme. You, no. you say Freebird. People want Mustang Sally. I don't know why, but they do. I, I feel like <laughs> you should just play four bars of Freebird every time somebody says Freebird. And, like, by the end of the night, you've played maybe half the song. <laughs> But um, oh, I played a, like, th- this actually reminds me of another funny story. I played a, a rich people party um, just this last Saturday, and um, it was nonstop requests. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we're, we're an alternative rock band. We play some country, I, I think. I don't, I don't even really know what country is. I don't know what you classify <laughs> I just hear something and I think that's bad. It must be country. <laughs> all in good fun. All in good fun. But um, this one lady came up to us like eight times and asked for Earth, Wind, and Fire. We have one guitar player, one drummer, and a singer, and me playing bass. <laughs> and uh, the guitar player and the the singer are a couple shades darker than. Um, printer paper. So, <laughs> <laughs> Earth, Wind, um, Fire is not happening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, also, we did get requested Mustang Sally. Like, and there was, there was actually a big thing around it. Like, all the ladies at the party came down to the stage area and sang it with us. Oh, sweet. <laughs> but, oh, man. I feel like when you play for for a bunch of wealthy people, they feel like they own you and they can, you know, tell you whatever to do. Like, play this oh, song. Yeah. I don't know this song. Then they leave for five minutes and come back. Play this song. Uh, what was I doing for the last five minutes? I was playing another song. Do you think I have time to learn a song while I'm playing another song? Oh, yeah. And then what gets me is when you tell them, like, do you, when they ask if you play a song, you say no. And then they ask you if you know the song. And I was like, yeah, I know the song. And then they ask you again, so can you play it? No! <laughs> no! We need That's a new my plague. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, oh, to quote Bill Burr, there's, there's, an, there's enough mouth-breathing morons in the world. <laughs> And uh, when you're laying blame, don't forget to include your name. So, yes, I am one of those mouth-breathing morons. <laughs> um, <laughs> but rich people do party. They party hard. And, uh, that they do. That they do. They usually, like, give, they give you a good time. Like, as much free booze as you want. Um, oh, yeah. And, of course, they're all nice and stuff. You know, yeah. they all mean well. Always. Um. But that's probably half the reason I'm I'm, a, I'm an alcoholic currently in recovery three years. But free booze everywhere. Yeah, that, that's a thing for sure. Like I played a country club gig one time. That was a. It was a scotch tasting slash cigar uh, smoking party. Oh jeez. And I was I was twenty years old at the time. I just go up to the the scotch table, and I'm like, "What do you got? What do you got?" And they let me try a bunch of different scotches, and they had those fancy round ice ice balls. Oh yeah, yep. And uh, he was guiding me through the different flavors, and all I, you know, twenty years old. This is this is alcohol. This will do the job. <laughs> you you could give me unleaded, and I would like it just the same. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, we should get back, we should come back to story time cause story time is fun. But, uh, before we, before we hit the record button today, um, we, uh, we 
we did show and tell with chords. Um, so let's uh, let's explain to everybody what we did. Yeah, man. Me and this guy every week when we talk, we're always finding new chords. It's always exciting to see um what we got to show each other. <laughs> so yeah, why don't you show them? Um, you show the yours first. Why don't we show them the one you found? Yeah. I found this literally just before we we started, and um, I'll play it, and then I'll play like my thought process leading up to it. So there's um, volume knob up. That's um, such a good voicing. It's some sort of B chord. Um, I started from here, this uh, B minor bar chord. I took off the the high E string, the F sharp at the top, which leaves me with this. And I took the B right here on the G string and moved it up to a C sharp. So it's like B minor 11. Um, it's starting from the A string Two, four, six, three, zero. And uh, it's really hard to grab. Um, so yeah, that's that's the chord I discovered. Um, I've been uh, it took like two seconds trying to find different places to put it. like this is a F sharp. Minor add nine, add eleven, or add dominant seven. F sharp minor seven. No, it's just F sharp minor nine. <coughs> um. Yeah. So experiment. Try it in different places. Yeah, I'm sure Miles could play it better because he has much larger hands than I do. I have no. <laughs> things, but yeah, let's talk about your chord and like yeah. the differences and how we f we finger that chord. Oh yeah, yeah, we, we definitely do this one really different. So this, if I can um, play it here, let's see here. Yeah, and I think if it sort of has like you know, sort of like extensions off those types of sounds it's really more um intense minor sounds and pretty much how i think of the chord when i'm looking at it it's just like this minor chord but this note is moved down a step and a half and you get that really good rub and the way i do it is i put my thumb over the guitar and over the low e string to the second string to grab that bottom note and the rest of them I use the rest of my fingers starting with like my pinky then my first finger third finger and second finger going down and that's how I grip it and that could work really well the way I see that chord you could use it in a lot of especially anything in more towards the gypsy jazz realm like you substitute those minor chords with this and it's just insta like gypsy oh I like that <laughs> <laughs> So I finger it a little bit different. Um, I have my second finger on seven, my fourth finger on nine. This is starting from the A string. Uh, my first finger on six, my uh, third finger on eight, and my first finger also on uh, uh, seven. So I've got this kind of weird crossbar situation. <laughs> um, if you if you listen back to the the, the podcast with with Nako, with Nakos uh, Dobro and Notation, he talks about geometry with his a uh, little little bar to make the the it, it's like his finger, like the Dobro. Mm -hmm. You have a mm -hmm. that one metal bar. It's like a slide. Um, he talks about geometry and angling, angling his finger 
or his his uh, slide, and I kind of used that uh, concept to get these two notes at the same time with one finger. And that's so mind blowing to me because I literally, I, the more I look at it, it's like my hand just don't want to do that. That's amazing. <laughs> and see, that's why it's always it um it always pays to just try different things different ways. You never know what will work for you because man. <laughs> never let small hands get in the way of you playing guitar or more more often than not like bass like people say oh, oh yeah i don't have a bass player's hands my hands are tiny uh it, 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 you can work with what you got like i have exactly uh medium small sized hands and uh i, I can get around a bass just fine um you'll probably have to put more time in your technique make sure you're you know you're doing things correctly so you're not stretching too far and hurting yourself <coughs> but um you can play almost anything with a any set of hands that has four fingers and i mean django had two fingers so exactly it's like this really yeah there's always a way there's a will there's a way for sure especially in guitar mm-hmm um is there anything else on this subject? Uh, no, I just like those chords. <laughs> no. Um, how about we we move into the new reoccurring segment, Miles's gear corner? Like, what? How has your gear changed this week, for better or for worse? Oh man, well, I've learned quite a few things this week. Well, um. I got a new guitar, and obviously that's always an exciting development. But the thing is, this is what I've learned, people, and I want you to listen up and listen good, because this might save you some heartache someday, is that you have to decide what you want out of a guitar, because this guitar I have now, by by comparison to um, all the guitars I've played, it definitely feels like those guitars are like rotary dial phones. And now I have a smartphone. It's like, yeah, those I could call people on those phones, but now I could do like everything with this. And that's sort of like an exaggeration a little bit. But it's like, um, I don't know. It got to a point where I was getting frustrated with all the instruments I was playing. And I'd play certain instruments that other people on, they felt good, but mine didn't. And I realized it was because a lot of my instruments just were not set up like the frets weren't level. Or like, you know, it wouldn't stay in tune or little things that's like, whatever. But if it's going to be especially a gigging instrument, you know, I really want to make sure those things are set. So I went out and I got myself a guitar that I made sure was spec to what I needed, which, you know, had big frets, 24 frets, really stable, flat neck, flat radius, you know, really good tremolo system. And then I spent days setting it up. And lo and behold, it's like if you really make sure, you know, everything is there it just gosh life becomes so much easier and it's way easier on your hand too that's the other thing i'm already noticing is my hand feels better but i don't know if you um it really is something to consider like um and it's not just it doesn't have to be nice per se but for me it's like this guitar just really worked for what i needed specifically out of a guitar and especially for the hand shape and that's something i really want to say is like my hand um for a while it was starting to feel some like tension and stuff but I could tell it wasn't because I was doing anything wrong. It was just something I couldn't help. But now that I have guitar necks that fit my hand really well, I don't feel that tension anymore. And it's like I have very big hands and someone wouldn't expect someone with big hands to have like trouble with guitars. But sometimes guitar necks are too small for me. And what was happening is I was cramping my hand. And now that I have a guitar with the appropriate neck for my hand, it's comfortable. And that's a huge part of it. Like that is my number one thing that... um I'm thinking right now, at least, <laughs> and I think a lot, and I thought a lot about this week is, you know, the the neck of a guitar is everything to me, you know, without a good neck, a guitar is nothing. If the neck doesn't work for you, get rid of it, you know, <laughs> you don't need it. Um, maybe not, but, you know, it's like when a guitar really fits your hand right, you can really bond with it and you can really look over a lot of things. And I feel like I didn't really take the time to try to find that. And sometimes you can't. I mean... Obviously, I went through like however long I've been playing guitar, just sort of having what I have. But I don't know, Um, especially if you're going to be doing it for your life and if you're experiencing discomfort, like just make sure your guitar is fitting your hand and your strings are set up right. That's what I'll say, because really, if you're playing long periods of time like that stuff, 
becomes your whole life. Like, and the littlest difference in that could be the difference between you like not being able to play guitar all week after a weekend of gigging and you being able to play all the time and be real happy. But that's my, that would be my cautionary tale of the week. Watch your necks, watch your strings, make sure it's comfy for you. Not what people on the internet say, not what your friends say, what's comfortable for you and your hands. That's the biggest thing too. A lot of these things that I'm finding, they go against a lot of the things you could find on the internet or even things that might be tried and true. It just depends on you, on the guitar. It can be real specific. <laughs> mm. And but, your body, like your body yeah. plays a huge role. So big. Absolutely. And it really blows my mind how different everyone's approaches to the instrument, depending on their body and just sort of how your body is, how your hands are shaped, how you're shaped, how you move. Like it all just works towards what you like and what you don't like. And it's really just don't ever get caught up in a mindset of what you're supposed to be doing or, you know, what things are supposed to look like or sound like or blah, blah, blah. It's like, make sure you're checking yourself that you're comfortable first because you'll, I've seriously, I've never been happier. Like I cannot tell you people in Lyman, like, Having a guitar that plays like you want it to will make your whole life better. Like, believe it or not. I know, right? <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. But seriously, it's, it's, um, I don't know. Make a difference. Um, what is the, do you know what the size difference is between like a standard Strat neck and the, the neck on your guitar now? Ooh, I could tell you. So pretty much the neck on my guitar is, um, it's 16 inch radius and it's a little wider than a normal neck. So it's, I think the string spacing is even ever so slightly wider. So it's just sort of like a thick, like D profile, I would say. It's kind of flat on the bottom. So it's not really as rounded as a lot of strat necks tend to be, because those tend to be more like C's or like mm. um, sometimes V's a little bit. But um, yeah, this is more of a, and it depends on what you like. And for me, especially if you're trying to do these big stretch chords and stuff, the only thing it makes harder is like thumb over the top stuff which i do like but i can adjust to it you can adjust and that's where um admittedly some of these guitars now have these compound radiuses those blow my mind right like it'll go from like a 12 inch radius at the bottom of the neck to it or the top whichever way you want to view it to a 16 inch radius you know down at by the bridge and that's cool because then up top the cords are more comfortable for your hand and you can sort of grip around it but then as you go down you can flatten it out but um I don't know, that sort of difference. And that's the thing about this guitar and lots of guitars. Um, and this applies to acoustics, too. It's just like um, guitar technology has come a long way. And a lot of guitarists and guitar companies are stuck in the past. And they just, there's nothing wrong with that, except for the fact that. There's everything there wrong been, with that. Yeah, there's that exact. Yeah, it's, there's everything wrong. with Or there shouldn't be as much towards that as there is. Because this guitar has all these little differences. But these little differences have added up to something that I can whammy like crazy and it stays in tune. And it doesn't have a crazy locking nut or anything, you know? And it's like, the pickups are pretty normal output. Everything about it is like a normal guitar, except for it plays perfectly. Because we've advanced. So I don't know. I just That's a thought I've had a lot recently, is just checking everything I'm doing. And is there a better tool for it? Do we live in an age where I can afford to buy a better tool? You know, that has more. So really, I don't know. Just look into your specs of your guitars when you're getting them. And you'd be surprised, especially with reverb and stuff. Like, you can get crazy deals on anything if you know what you're looking for so you can really look a little harder and get something you might like a little more that might be a little harder to find um i don't know i just really think it pays off and we live in an age where you can get what you actually want <laughs> <laughs> like it's so worth it but, uh. yeah i think this is why companies like like gibson are going bankrupt oh yeah definitely because they don't listen they're not listening to players at all they're just coming out with what they think people's going to think is cool <laughs> and not even in a new way. <laughs> and that, that guitar you got, it's, it's an Ibanez, right? Oh yeah. It's, it's the, the new Ibanez AZ models. It's just the Ibanez AZ, um, one of the premium models, which is oddly enough, they have the premium and then the prestige. And for some reason, my mind thinks, I think like, Oh, premium's nicer, but no premium is the lower model and the prestige is the nicer model. Which makes sense when you think about the word prestige, but I don't know. That's interesting. Anyway, <laughs> but they're really nice. Like, I want to throw my... They're a Japanese I'll... company, right? Yes, they are. And um, mine is made in Indonesia, but um, obviously mm -hmm. they're all Japanese designed. And um, yeah, they make the um, the nicer Ibanezes are all made in Japan, which is really cool. 
Yeah, Japanese Japanese Fender stuff is actually quite sought after, I believe. Oh yeah, then there's um, and even like um Yamaha, like the nicer Yamaha stuff is really nice. Like you watch videos of Japanese musicians, they're always playing like Yamahas <laughs> too. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just very interesting. Um, but and see, that's probably part of the reason why I like the guitar is because it the the way the Japanese feel definitely is integrated into that guitar. That's for sure. It's just, you know, only just searching for the best and finding every little way you can make something just work a little better, be a little smoother. Just what's that next level down to the little cuts, you know, (laughs) it's like, ah, I love that stuff. Mm -hmm. Especially when we're talking about instruments and tools, you know, you want a precise tool, you know, and I just, I don't know. It gets to me. It's, it's really traditionalism has really been getting to me lately. Like with guitar, it's like we got to get rid of a lot of that stuff and just start keep experimenting, keep trying new things like traditionalism stops innovation. (laughs) Absolutely, it does. (laughs) It's like and it's like the more I've shed my traditional mindset, the happier I've been as a musician and the more I've been able to embrace more sounds and ideals in music. It's just like, I don't know, it's it really pays to try to open your mind Mm -hmm. to what music can be and what playing could be like even as an experience you know for yourself that being said like don't disregard tradition like oh yeah and that's the hard part everything's balanced right (laughs) (laughs) for sure (laughs) it's like there are definitely thing traditional things for a reason i mean it's the reason why we like regardless of the fact that there's all these crazy amounts of strings on guitars now people are always going to play six string guitars and like six string basses and like pianos have been the same you know for however long you know whatever mm-hmm. like they're definitely um it's all a balance for sure I, I i learned something today it might not be true i mean i, I didn't read more about it but um <laughs> the the word nimrod uh was, was actually um it, it didn't have the the connotations back in the day that it does today like like i'm a nimrod but mm. um the, the the reason why like Nimrod is used the way way it is today is because Bugs Bunny called Elmer Fudd Nimrod sarcastically after uh, a character in the Bible, uh, Nimrod, who was a great hunter, and he just said it sarcastically. And then the meaning of the word also completely changed because because of that. <laughs> and also rabbits like carrots aren't very nutritional for rabbits. What? <laughs> no, they're not. Like, whoa! You just blew my mind. That was a coming out of left field for me. <laughs> whoa! The the only reason Bugs Bunny like eats car- carrots is because he was it, it was like an homage to some movie character from the the forties, and it, like it made sense to anybody back then. Like, oh, that's a joke. I get the joke. Mm-hmm. And now, um, nearly eighty years later, we think rabbits like carrots. Oh my god. And that's what happens if you completely disregard tradition. <laughs> <laughs> Brought it full circle, people. <laughs> um full circle. And with everything being brought back full circle, I think it's time we uh we, we move on for today. Um let's uh let's let's just play some games. Maybe come back to story time, but let's let's play uh this or that. Um I'll explain the rules. Uh, <coughs> this or that. <laughs> um, yeah, pick which one you'd you'd rather use or rather play or something like that. Sound like fun? Yeah, it does. I'm ready. All right, um, let's do it. So this or that. Oh man, I love I've been so into that um Yeah. I love that so much going backwards on that. Oh man. Oh, oh I see that's what you're doing. Yeah, it's just like uh going forward's good, but for some reason that backwards to me is just like, oh it's the best thing. Interesting, because they're mostly the same notes, I mean, like Oh yeah. Neither one of them is, is bad. They're both good. It's it's, mm. it's interesting like what our preferences are. Do you like the forward one? Which one do you like more? Um, 
think I like descending. It's just so good. It's just like you can't. Ugh. It's hard to beat. However, like like that, like I I love that as well. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to pick one, but mm. I think I'm gonna go with descending. Uh, your turn. All right, I got one. Here's a bluesy one for you. Or. I think I'm going to have to go in the higher register. Ooh. Nice. And my, my, I like the high one. My reasoning for that is... I'm a bass player and get out of my territory. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Stay in your lane. <laughs> Ooh, man. All right, it's it. Which one do you prefer <laughs> and why? Oh, man. I actually like the low one. But what I like to do, well, that's because I, I mean, if I were to cheat, uh, I like to. You know, play all the notes in there so you get that. But that's the only reason why, really. It's because you can get that. But just in isolation, like, yeah, um, maybe the high one, because then it feels more complete. Depends. Yeah, I think as a solo guitar, like, the low one makes more sense because it's mm-hmm. a more complete picture of the frequency spectrum. Definitely. Um, but if I was playing in a group or something, yeah, I'd probably go for the higher one. Um, Let's see if I can't come up with another one. Uh, this or that? Ooh. Mmm. Do it one more time for me. Or and for mm. for everybody at home, that's a just a, a diminished pattern. Versus an augmented or whole tone pattern. Oh man, I have to go with the diminished. Oh man, I like it so much. <laughs> I can't. I can't deny it. I can't. They're both really good though. I like them both a lot. But I would definitely probably be inclined to use the diminished one first. Um, in a previous podcast, uh, Marcel. <laughs> Once asked me in a in a game of Would You Rather, which is much like this, um, would you rather uh, have to stop playing forever, either diminished chords or augmented chords? And it was the the hardest question because um, diminished are like diminished and augmented are like my children. I love them both. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> but like I, I would probably have to nix the augmented pattern uh, because but I would not be happy about it oh no 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 it wouldn't be a happy thing at all but it's like diminished is so ugh, it'd be a sad world without it <laughs> um, it, it all depends on is this considered an augmented chord Mm-hmm. Major seven sharp five. Um, if this is not considered an augmented chord, then uh, then I have no qualms getting rid of augmented chords. However, if if it is, then I'm, I'm really not going to be happy we about got, it. We got some problems, yeah. <laughs> um, we're only uh, 22 episodes in, and I'm already rehashing old podcasts. <laughs> what do you, what do, what do you guys pay us for? <laughs> Full circle, baby. Um, you got another one? Oh yeah, I got one. Yeah. Well. Um... Or. So one more time, the first one. Or is that from what I think it's from? I don't know. Um, those are arpeggios. 
But it probably is something. It could be. Uh, Do you know how often people say things like that to me now, by the way, when I practice arpeggios? I love that. <laughs> it happens more than... People are like, are you playing like... People ask me if I'm playing Stranger Things all the time. I don't know why that happens to me, but it does. I've never even seen Stranger Things. <laughs> I've, I've, I've never seen Stranger Things. But what, what I heard was... What, what was that game that you loved really were digging the OST from Eternal Oh, Duelist man, the Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, oh, we're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! again. You know what? That's right. We're bringing it up, people. It's not going away. You thought last <laughs> time. There's no way they're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! They're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! again? Yep. Because that soundtrack is amazing. I forgot to send you those tracks. Was it Eternal Duelist Soul? Was that the game? Yes. Oh, yeah, that was. It sounds like the opening it's, from the first track, those two chords. It does. It does. It does. It probably is. Yeah. Uh, I, I, but which one do you like? <laughs> uh, I like the first one, but I want to know how uh, you finger the second one because ooh, the, the second one is harder for me to to wrap my head around. The first one is just an uh, easier pattern for me. Yeah. So. So. So it's just like I use my pinky. <clears throat> Pull off right to my first finger, second finger, third, and you can go a half step up. Then you can add those slides. I've been trying to add that. Like when I practice arpeggios, I'm trying to add little things. Like how many different things can you add? Like oh dang it! If you can get that. I've been surprised at how big of jumps you can make sometimes and still have it be perceivable that the note is the note it is. And then there you can add like that chromatic. <laughs> you know, you just end however you want. You can just, uh, it's so, it just flows off the fingers really nice. So yeah, that's a really nice um pattern. Um, I like... I I like them both, but I am starting to get into that second one a little more because I really like how you can slide up. But what I really am trying to do is be able to link them because that's the goal. Like, oh, being able to do scales with you. Oh, God. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of that Eternal Duelist Soul game, like, I think the line is... I, I can't do it at the the tempo that it says. Like I'm, in, I'm impressed as hell. I think he's he's right. That I think that is it. Dang! I can't believe you just whipped that arpeggio like it was nobody's business. <laughs> uh, I I was trying to I was trying to learn it. <laughs> you people should have seen his hands. Like you people listen. It's like yeah, it's whatever. It's like no, he just did like a he just figured out like a six string arpeggio <laughs> in like two seconds. <laughs> I didn't figure it out. Like I, I found the tracks on on Saturday and like actually spent some time. I figured out the first one, but I couldn't figure out the second one. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but somebody good tracks. That's a. It, it's just a sweep line. Uh, thirteen, twelve, B string, thirteen, G string, fourteen, D string, fifteen, fourteen, A string, fifteen. A string 12, A string 13, A string 12, and uh, rewind it and listen to it in reverse order if you want the other way. It's, it's, it's a real hard uh, line to, to wrap my head around. <laughs> And like also like sweeping it as well. I want to get to the point where you know I'm like, mm -hmm. uh, except with with the extension, like mm -hmm. adding the, the second octave yes. in. Definitely. But lines like that where you have over the course of three octaves is is super cool. Mm -hmm. Like that's a, that's a real Joe Pass thing. Like he would play a line. Yep, yep. And just yeah. lines that are repeatable, like upwards or downwards, like um, 
they're they're musical. They sound nice. Definitely, definitely. God, Joe Pass is the best. He is the man. Um, I encourage you to check out like if you can find it. He has a a, a video on like lines and how he comes up with lines and it's, mm. there's like 70 Joe Pass licks in it. So yeah. There's like a few videos. You can find quite a few Joe Pass videos. Like he made that one. I think there's one about chords too. Yeah, like and there's another uh, one about like blues. Yeah. yeah. I've seen all They're three all so of those. Good. I know, yeah, yeah. We're, me and Lyman, I'm sure me and Lyman have watched all those many, many times. They're really good. Really good stuff. Like that dude, he's he's really good at being concise and giving you the information and it all makes sense. It's like, wow, I can follow your train of thought perfectly because you're explaining it clearly. <laughs> I love that dude. He's everyone's greatest guitar playing uncle they never had, <laughs> mm-hmm. or grandpa. But he sort of, he still feels like an uncle. He feels like he'd be your old uncle that plays guitar. <laughs> uncle Joey over here. Yeah, Uncle Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, that was this or that. That uh, maybe we'll do that again. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but should we move back to story time? Got any good stories? Oh man, I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of some good gig stories. Do you have any good gig stories on the top of your mind right now? I could think for a second. Well, I have one in the making. I have one in the making that's like happening right now. (laughs) Well, I could tell you guys, um, my all time favorite gig story, if you would like. Um, yeah, sure. Go for it. All right. Because that's the only one I can think of off the top of my head. So I might as well tell you guys. So this was the 4th of July a few years ago. And I had the pleasure of playing the 4th of July in a town called Arcata, California. Now, I know this story. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I haven't heard this story. He knows. So you have to understand that in the band I was in at the time, we would... It was pretty normal for us to end up in some bizarre places like that. And it's, of course, this was the first band I had ever really like played out a lot with. And so it was a great first band to learn what not to expect ever again, because, (laughs) (laughs) oh, man, the things we did were crazy sometimes. But um, I remember on this particular trip, I was um, there and our friend uh, Dylan, he was there. Dylan was there saxophone player excellent saxophone player and um i think see now i'm thinking hard i feel like jeremiah was there too he had to be but maybe not i can't remember (laughs) but either way when we showed up to this town i had been taking a nap and this was the first and only time i've ever woken up from a nap stepped outside of where i was and really wondered a if i was in the right place B, if I was awake. <laughs> like, you have to understand, people. We showed up. It's like, here we are. And I stepped out of the car. And I see way too many people with giant dogs and backpacks. Everybody's dirty. They're roving gangs of children and adults alike. Just all being just not just every it was too much. It's like everything about the scene. I really wondered if I was a also in a movie like. Everything about him, like, there's no way this is where we are. This is not where we're going to play. Like, is this even in America? Where are we? It was nuts. Like, and I've never seen anything like it before or since. So, and you have to understand, it's like, it was almost like everyone there, it's like you were issued a giant oversized backpack and a dog. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone just so happened to have one. Okay. Um, This place. um, And then when we go... We went into where we were playing. They were live streaming a Grateful Dead concert. And for 15 minutes, I watched the Grateful Dead terrify people on drugs. Because I'm telling you, like, they knew what they were doing. There was this 15-minute drum solo, and it got real scary, and the visuals were nuts. I'm like, they know people on drugs. What are they doing to these people? <laughs> I don't know. But I'm not a mega Grateful Dead fan. Maybe people are going to be like, you don't know anything, Miles. You don't know what you're talking about. But that was weird. And we walked around the town. Everything was weird about this this venue. And when we were walking around town, we just sat. You had to understand, there was a literal square center of town. There was like a little statue. It was like pretty much like, it was just like a square. And like, it was like a block, each end of the square. 
And around it were, you know, a few businesses and stuff. And this was the center of town. And this was pretty much the town. Like a little bit each way on each road. It goes a little farther. But this town's not that big. And so we just sat in this town square and watched the same cop for an hour go in a circle around the square and stop people every... He was trying to go wherever he was trying to go. And every few seconds, he had to stop and reprimand someone. But, like, I've never seen a cop reprimand someone. It was like a daycare. And he knew them by name, a lot of them. <laughs> and it was like, he'd be like, Reg, I told you not to stop doing Don't make me do that. I don't want to do the paperwork. And I'd never seen anything like it. And it was an hour of this. We just sat there and watched it. It was, it was madness. It was the most unbelievable day. And this was, this is all day. And I just, I really just, I, I, and I'll, there's a lot more to that story, but I'll sort of stop it there. Really just, um, Getting to take in a place, having being in the literal town square and just watching, being able to turn in any direction. And there is a scene happening <laughs> and it is always hilarious. Always. <laughs> and the thing is, you also have to understand is like the age range of these people causing ruckus kind of, which is, it was, there was no age. It was like, I couldn't, there were roving gangs of children causing trouble. There's roving gangs of adults, old people. It was like, there was, it was like, everybody gets to be dirty. And have a dog and cause trouble. And it was the funniest shit I'd ever seen. Ah. <laughs> so funny. Maybe forget I'm on the dang podcast. But that's, if, if, yeah, that's if the end. Nobody of- <laughs> knows because I, I always cut these out. Anytime a swear happens, I do this and I'll actually leave this in um, to, to denote where I have to look. Um, like it just makes a peek in the waveform to where I have to look to edit something. Um, that's where I do all my starts, my stops, and uh, I'm gonna come to this the peak I just made, and uh, I'm gonna wonder what the heck I have to edit. And it's not gonna be anything. So, future Lyman, I apologize. Uh, your past self's kind of a jerk. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that's some funny stuff. Um. So I have a gig story in the making, like, oh, yes, please. It it just sounds like things might get weird. Um, (laughs) So I'm playing at a battle of the bands this Saturday and uh, I this gig has been on the books for four months. Like I've had it in the calendar. I've let everybody know. Um, And then like a month after I signed up for battle of the bands, uh, I got offered another uh, gig. it was a weekend date, Friday, Saturday, from 9 to 1. Um, and the guy who booked it's been trying to get in touch with the the owner for um, quite some time. And uh, we, we just heard that, or we just saw a poster saying that our gig is from 7 to 11, not 9 to 1. I could make the gig if it was 9 to 1, like... Um, I might have been 10, 15 minutes late, maybe, but um, if it's if it's 7 to 11, we're screwed, and the gig is in four days, and this is stuff that's been on the books for four and three months, um, so I'm expecting to get reprimanded, not by my bandmates, but by the bar owner, it's... Um, <laughs> this is going to be the last time I play at this bar. And this is the Jazz and Grass and Other Stuff 2 podcast, so we don't name names. But, yeah. Uh, I will I will eagerly report back next week on uh, how this goes. Hopefully we can just, you know, squash the problem and get, uh, you know, our 9 to 11 slot. Um, but if not, uh, we'll see what happens. It's a miracle anything ever works, ever, and anyone's ever at the same place at the same time as somebody else, and it was planned. Because this stuff happens. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, man. Oh, like That's frustrating. <laughs> the world is hard enough to, like, wade through with, like, everybody, you know, trying to help each other out and, like, you know, actively make uh, uh, life easier for each other. And there are people that seems like are actively trying to make life difficult for everybody, including <laughs> themselves. 
I'm blown away that yeah. anything works ever. It's it's amazing. It's a it's amazing, absolutely amazing to me. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Like this could turn into a a massive dumpster fire real fast. <laughs> Dang. Um, and our our lead singer also has a a gig that would make her like an hour late uh, on Friday. So we can't we can't do seven to eleven. We really can't. Um. Why? Why was it posted on the poster from seven to eleven without you know consulting us when we booked for nine to one? Yeah. Wow. That's just crazy. I hate everything, including this club and even myself. <laughs> uh, that would be Toki yeah. Wartooth. Why is everything hard for Toki? <laughs> so I think we got a few more minutes to fill um, any interesting anecdotes um, I know, it, no, I know it's hard really. to like under pressure like uh, everything I ever known everything that's been inside <laughs> my, my head goo is gone that's what I call my no. brain my head goo all that's in my head goo is just guitar stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only, well, actually, I will tell you a little anecdote. The other extension of um, what I was saying earlier about um, guitars and being comfortable is the thing about this guitar is I'm able to play like me. And um, some of the guitars I was playing on, it it was like I couldn't bend or I couldn't do certain things. You know, it's like the functionality of the guitar wouldn't allow for it. And now that I can play again, it's really become important to me. I'm trying to pay attention to every little thing you can do, you know, like spending a little bit of time every day to be like, just play and get lost. Like, and that's the other thing is just getting lost and seeing how much detail you can paint with. Not like how fast you can play or how much you can whatever, but just like how much nuance can you add? You know, I just wanted to see what could I do that I've never done before. I've never done that exact thing before. Just search within yourself. And like the more I'm trying to do that, just a little bit every day, just push myself to like, all right, forget everything. Just feel it. And how much. And for me, that usually means like bends and stuff. But like it could be anything. Like just see what the edge of your nuance can be every day if you can. <laughs> and it's because I just keep analyzing the people I like the most. And the things, the only thing I see that's consistent is their intent and the amount of nuance, no matter how simple or complicated, you know, it can be really simple and have nuance, just like it'd be really complicated and have nuance. But mm. that's what I think. If it's really complicated and doesn't have any nuance, uh, maybe simplify it. Just try make it simpler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or if I hear it, I'm just going to get upset. Like I do every time I hear anything that I've recorded. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but another thing I wanted to say is I, I love that you're playing like you're bouncing back and forth between acoustic guitar and electric guitar, which is going to be super cool when Marcel makes his triumphant return. It's happening. I promise. It's happening for real. I just don't know when. <laughs> um, He'll be back. But yeah, like I love your acoustic playing, and uh, I've been I've been touching the acoustic guitar more often because that's what I take to my my teaching gig on Monday, Wednesdays, oh, and nice. Fridays. I was I was taking for for the longest time my my arch top and just playing it acoustically. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, just because oh. you know, I, I loaned my acoustic guitar to my neighbor. And yeah. so I didn't have an acoustic anymore. So I used the next best, best thing. But I, I'm definitely more of an electric player than an acoustic player. Um, but like as far as nuance, like one of my favorite nuances is like uh, ending the art articulation, ending your note with like a slight bend, like. 
Yeah, I think that's why I like the tremolo so much. Mm-hmm. You can do so much with, with just one note and like the space in between uh, a half step. I don't know. I think my head goo is a uh, is tapped dry. I think. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Th- We're out of head goo. <laughs> I don't think there's any gray matter left. It's all no. uh, broken guitar strings and like Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> but I got the fast commercial out of the way at the beginning, um, so I'll, I'll I'll do the the slower version. My name is Lyman Lipke. You can find me at LimanLipke.com, and that's like the hub for everything I do on the internet. You can find my my Facebook page through there. Um, you can find the the tracks I release every Tuesdays and Fridays. You can even find this podcast there. Uh, so if you found this podcast from your from my website, and then you're finding my website from this podcast, uh, th- then then we've created a, a, a paradoxical loop. Um, so don't do that don't destroy space time Um, and uh, yeah you can find everything about me there Uh, Marcel who is still attending to some business um, you can find him at lessonswithmarcel.com you can sign up for Skype lessons there Uh, he's a wonderful teacher highly recommend um when he started that website, I, uh, he actually hit me up for a testimonial, and uh, I think it's still on there. I'm not, I'm not sure if uh, if it says I'm still with uh, the band I was with at that point, but um, yeah, check him out. You can find him, you know, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Lessons with Marcel. Um, you got anything to plug? Uh, just my Instagram miles underscore of underscore miles or you could probably just look at miles Harris and find me i'm trying to just put more content out there because um instagram's an interesting place for me and i um i want to get to the point where i'm putting out just a nice little something for people to pass by because that's what i like when i'm going through it makes me happy when i see my friends making music or i see just people making art in particular um it just makes me really happy so i'm just going to try to put out there just little bits that might make your day just a little nice, nice little sound bit, a little nice little picture, maybe. So check it out. <laughs> yeah, buddy. There's also the 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 collective that we all do together, um, and that's Jazz and Grass, and that's this podcast. That's our Instagram account, which has a daily lick, um, Monday through Saturday. Um, we alternate between jazz and bluegrass. Um, we're just about to hit a thousand followers, so I'm really excited for that. When that happens, and you know, you know, you know how it fluctuates. Like you'll gain five followers, lose seven, whatever. Once it's stable, over a thousand, Marcel and I are going to do a little swip swap, and um, I'm going to attempt to come up with some bluegrass licks, and he's going to attempt to come up with some jazz licks. Oh, I'm excited for that! And uh, it's going to be well, at least on my end, it's going to be kind of funny. So. Um, yeah, there's that. And then we do the podcast together. Uh, Marcel, Miles, and I. Like, I want it to be a three-person thing. Like, that would be super cool. Uh, I think our, our, our head goo will get tapped out a little bit. Uh, it'll take a little bit longer for our head goo to go away. Definitely. But yeah, that is a podcast. That's the week. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and if you do listen... Uh, you should uh, like email us, write a comment somewhere, follow us on Instagram. Like, I would love to engage with you more. Which is weird that I'm saying this at the very end because nobody's listening. I am positive.